While you're standing, why don't you get your uh, Bibles and turn to the book of Deuteronomy in chapter number 8. Deuteronomy in chapter number 8. I'm going to read, starting in verse number 10, read a few verses here. Deuteronomy 8. Starting verse 10, you follow along. Moses talking to the people here. When thou hast eaten and art full. Yeah, very prophetic right there, isn't it? When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I commanded thee this day. Notice how he linked forgetting with disobedience. You forget God, then you don't keep his commandments. Verse 12. Lest when thou hast eaten and are full and hast, hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thy heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Titled this message tonight, Remember His Blessings. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am thankful to be in your house. All of our folks are here and the guests that are here. I pray they be blessed. And tomorrow as we are take time just to be thankful and share with family and friends and have a good meal and just to a good fellowship. I pray that you would bless, bless that. Thankful again to be in your house. Watch over our pastor and his family. In Jesus' name, we're going to ask all these things. Amen. <coughs> remember, remember twice in that, those just those two, or those few verses we read, twice he admonished people, don't forget. Don't forget. Let me quote Spurgeon. Here's what he said. We are sadly unmindful of our God, but he is graciously mindful of us. In other words, we forget. God never forgets us. Just let that sink in a little bit. We're sadly unmindful of our God. How is it even possible that just... Usins, believers, knowing we are the objects of the continual thoughts and blessings of God, that we would not have him always in our thoughts and be always grateful for the things that he does and is doing and will do for us. How is that even possible? So the first job of a mom and dad is to teach their kid what? Say thank you. Have you ever tried to pull a hen's tooth out of that one? Say thank you, say thank you, say thank you. You're going to get spanking if you don't say thank you, thank you, thank you. You've done that. 
It's the first thing on our agenda. Why doesn't it just come naturally that we would just be thankful? Why isn't it just a natural part of being human that we would be thankful? And I think the answer is simply, it's this. Being unthankful is a work of the flesh. Being thankful is of the spirit. Remember in the uh, the fruit of the Spirit, that one of them is joy. Fruit of the Spirit, joy. A grateful person, a grateful, thankful person will take joy in all his blessings. Being thankful and joy, it's like they're linked. When you're thankful, you're going to be joyful. And those who are thankful, they're satisfied, aren't they? With what they have and they and uh, they don't feel entitled necessarily to have everything that they could possibly be on their Christmas list and their wishes met. But it's the flesh. It always keeps us wanting more and being entitled and then unthankful, not grateful for what we have. If you want to look in your Bible, you'll find this. The words thanks, thankful, thanksgiving, thankfulness appear 105 times. I mean, just from really Genesis to Revelation, it's easy to see that God's people uh, are to be, should be, will be a thankful people. And if you're not a thankful person, can I tell you that is a character flaw as a believer. Should be thankful. So here's words of two People's names you'll recognize. George Washington, 1793. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November next, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be. Abraham Lincoln in 1863, it has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Man, that's awesome to hear presidents come out like that. So do we need tomorrow? Do we need turkey? Well, in a, yes, I do. But <laughs> I, I hate to say this all, but I will. Dressing, ham, Mashed potatoes, gravy, pumpkin pie, cherry pie, football, take a nap. Do we have to do all that to be thankful? That's the question. No. We don't have to do that to be thankful. We don't have to have Thanksgiving Day to be thankful. Should not, as believers, we always just live in a constant state of thankfulness for God's Acknowledging the blessings, the goodness of God always. That should be what a believer lives. Moses, here in this 
these first few chapters of Deuteronomy, he's preparing the children of Israel. They're going to enter the promised land. You know the story. They've been not allowed when they were wandering. When I was a kid, I used to think they were wandering in the wilderness. They just couldn't find their way. Well, that really wasn't the case. God wasn't allowing them to enter the promised land. A generation died. Now they're coming in. Their dreams are coming true after years of bondage in Egypt and then miraculous deliverance and then some disobedience and then wandering in the wilderness. Now they're going to take possession of this promised land, this beautiful, wonderful land. How exciting that must have been. How thankful they must have been for all his blessings. So if you read Deuteronomy, you'll find chapters 1 and chapter 2. Moses, he rehearses the history of their people from Egypt through the wilderness to right where they are. And then chapter 3, Moses reveals uh, that God has forbidden him. He doesn't get to uh, enter the promised land. And then Joshua is going to be their leader. And then chapter 4, chapter 5, uh, Moses gives some of God's commands, including uh, the Ten Commandments. Chapter 6, more commandments, including the Shema that was passed down from generation to generation to generation. And to this day, Jews will say, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Chapter number 7, chapter number 8, more of the same kind of thing. So we can sum up these first eight chapters like this. All right, people, God has been good to you. God has delivered you in a miraculous way. God has blessed you beyond measure. Now, obey his commands. Amen. Obey his commands or God will deal with you in the same way he dealt with your fathers who are buried out in the wilderness. So let's look at a few things out of this passage. Number one, God evidently, according to verse number 10, is responsible for all of our blessings. God is responsible. So look at, and in particular for these people, uh, the, the children of Israel here, look at all the things that God was going to do for them. They were going to have a good land in verse number 10. In verse number 12, there's going to be houses built. In verse number uh, 13, there's going to be herds and flocks. Uh, also in verse number 13, there's going to be silver. There's going to be money. There's going to be, so think of this, a good land. You're going to have good houses. You're going to have flocks. You're going to have plenty of money. Let me just ask you something. Did he leave anything out? Is there anything that they could possibly say, uh, uh, wait a minute, you left out this, God. No. God was good to his people. Amen. The blessings that were in store were evident. They were abundant. God, as always, was good beyond measure. Yep. Here's a question for all of us. Are you a recipient of God's blessings? That's even that's a crazy question. It's ridiculous to even ponder as a believer. Am I a recipient of God's blessings? And even if you say, well, I have very little stuff. I have very little of the stuff that we think about when we think of blessings and the, the things that people want most uh, material things. I don't have a whole lot of that. Uh, I certainly don't have all the things that he promised those people uh, in Deuteronomy chapter number eight. But are we not still blessed above beyond measure? 
Ephesians 1, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Let me ask you some questions. Do you have a family that you love? Be thankful. Be thankful. Do you have friends? Be thankful. Do you have a home and food to eat? Be thankful. Do you have a job? Be thankful. Do you have a church? Do you have a pastor, spiritual leaders in your life? Be thankful. Do you have any creature comforts at all? Be thankful. Psalm 100, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And if there's someone in this room saying, I don't have any of those things. I don't have a family. I don't have a home. I don't have food. I don't have friends. I don't have a church. I don't have spiritual leadership at all. I have absolutely nothing. Then I'd have to say, okay, are you a believer? Do you know him? Okay, let's make a list on that. He's redeemed us. He's chosen us. He's made us accepted. He's given us an inheritance. He sealed us. We are adopted into his family. We have a heavenly citizenship. We become new creatures. We become a priest of God. We become reconciled to him. We begin sanctified. We're indwelt by him. We possess eternal life. We have peace with God. We're a friend of God. Our name's recorded in heaven. We have a mansion prepared for us. We have an advocate. We have a victory over sin. Are you blessed? Oh, you need more. Okay. We have an acceptance that can never be questioned. An inheritance that can never be lost. We have a deliverance that can never be excelled. A grace that can never be limited. We have a hope that can never be uh, disappointed. And a bounty that can never be withdrawn. We have joy that can never be diminished, a nearness to God that can never be reversed, a peace that can never be disturbed, a righteousness that can never be tarnished, a salvation that never can be canceled. Come on. That we would not say, I am so blessed. There's so much God has done for me. If we had time, everyone in here could hold a microphone and say, God has been so good to me. We should always recognize everything we have comes from God. And that may include things that we wish we didn't have. Going through some difficulty, there's still room for thankfulness. Health may be declining, problems, there's still much to be thankful for. Finances, maybe not like you wish. Don't forget to be thankful. Think about this. If you aren't a thankful person, even as a believer, if you're not a thankful person, it puts you in some strange company. Listen to how it's worded in Romans. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made and even as eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Huh. But became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. I don't know if I want to be in that group. Here's the second thing. It is possible to forget. Evidently, look at he says in verse number 11, beware. You people that are about to be blessed. Be on your wildest dreams in a land flowing with milk and honey. 
Beware. Beware what? What, the, what possibly bad could happen that you're going to forget God? Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. Evidently, someone who's been blessed by God and has been the recipient of so many things could somehow forget the goodness, the grace, the blessings of God. And we have evidence of it in the Bible. More than here. We've got evidence. Jesus had an encounter with 10 lepers. You know, you know the details of what that would look, how that would look. Lepers. Hopeless men. Dying, decaying men. Literally hopeless. And you know the story. He healed all 10. Now, just think of that story, what we see. We see, number one, that the blessings of Jesus are without respect of persons. He healed servants. He's healed the lowliest. He's healed the outcast. He's healed the untouchable. He's healed the undeserving. Aren't you glad that God doesn't just bless certain kinds of people? Here's those 10 lepers. Also, we see this, the blessings of Jesus know no bounds. We read the New Testament, we read the miracles, and sometimes I think we get a little, uh, we marvel that he could somehow heal leprosy and raise the dead and calm storms and cast out demons. But the truth is, his power is without limit. It's without bounds. His ability to bless. There's no limits. But here's the other thing we see, and it's the sad thing. People can experience his power and his blessings and quickly forget. In other words, not be grateful. One came back. Thankful. Thankful for the blessings. One came back. And you know what Jesus' words were? Where's the nine? Where's the nine? 2 Timothy chapter number 3, Paul is talking about the last days and how it's going to be a dangerous time. I wouldn't argue that if someone said we're in the last days, because certainly we are, have been. And he begins to list some of the most heinous kind of sinful behavior. Here's what he says. This know also that in the last days... Perilous times shall come. And listen to this list. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, and covetous, and boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, Fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Isn't it odd that tucked into the middle of that list of some of the grossest, uh, most heinous, the, some of the worst sins we can possibly imagine is something that you wouldn't think even belongs? Unthankful. It's not like he's saying, well... This list is in order of how bad they are. 
Because if you and I made a list of how, an order of how bad things are, we'd put unthankful way down somewhere. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying that unthankfulness is less egregious. In fact, he's saying this. Being unthankful is on par with all those other things. In spite of how I may think about it in my, in my own viewpoint, God evidently has a different viewpoint. And right there with proud, disobedient, unholy, despisers of those that are good, blasphemers, he says, ungrateful people. Now, what in the world could possibly happen that would make a person, a believer who's been the recipient of all the goodness and blessings and grace of God, what could possibly happen that he would just forget about it? So I, let me give you three what I think are possibilities. First, number one, he may, a believer may have unmet expectations because he watched television and the Internet read some bestsellers by some great Bible teachers. And they were led to believe after reading some of those things that God owes them something. And the idea, the health and wealth gospel idea that's been around for a good while now has led many to be disillusioned with God. I didn't get everything I had coming to me. God shortchanged me. I didn't get all the stuff I wanted. All my expectations weren't met. And as a result of that, you know what happens? You forget what you do have from God. You have unmet expectations. I really thought I was going to have this because after all, Joel Osteen has a private plane. You think I could have one of those. And I thought I had that. And since I didn't get all my expectations met, forgot about all the other things that God did for me could be unmet expectations. It could be this, at least perceived undeserved trials. I faced something tough. I went through a bad time. I experienced trial, difficulty, obstacles, pain, suffering, heartbreak. And I didn't deserve that. Listen to how Peter put it, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering. If there's one thing we can be sure, it's this. As human beings on this planet, we will suffer trials, tests. There'll be difficulties. It's part of, number one, just the human condition. Job wrote it this way. Yet man is born to trouble as sparks fly upward. It is also part of the believer's condition. If something bad comes your way and somehow you think you didn't deserve it, you're forgetting what all good God has done for you. And then lastly, maybe this. Maybe some unrecognized benefits. Can I quote Lincoln again? We have grown in numbers, he says. Wealth and power as no nation has ever grown. 
But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Wow. I think it's just easy to just not really see what God has done. To not really have your eyes open and look around and see all the blessings and benefits and they just somehow pass you by and you not really notice what God has given and what he's done. And the psalmist in Psalm, uh, the 107th Psalm puts it this way. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Just the way he words that, it's almost like he's saying this, man, I just wish people would praise God. Now, here's the last thing. And look at verse number 19. We didn't read verse number 19, but I'd, I want to look at it now if it's okay. Look what it says. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods, and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. Here's the last thing. Disobedience follows forgetting the goodness and blessings of God. Disobedience follows. Some kid might say, as you try to pull a thank you out of him, because some grandma in the church here gave him some smarties. Say thank you, say thank you. Some kid might think, what is the big deal about being thankful? What is the big deal about saying thank you and, and being thankful for what you have? Can, and you know, that, that, that verse we read in 1 Timothy, that passage, can it really be as bad as being a blasphemer? That list of sins that, that Paul gave, can, can being unthankful really be as heinous and as wicked as being a blasphemer and all those other things? Well, God warned his people. He says, you forget. You forget me. You'll stop being thankful for what I've done and my blessings. And evidently, the next step is some Pretty serious, sinful behavior. As he put it, what you're going to do, you're going to forget. And then you're going to follow other gods. Serve them. As he puts it, worship them. Notice how God links remembrance of him and gratefulness to what he's done with obedience. 78th Psalm, verse number seven, that they might set their hope in God and for, not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Think of this. What happened before the prodigal son left home? You know the story. He's going to go off and he's going to spend all this money and he's going to have himself a good time. But what happened before he made this decision that I really need to go find myself out here. Just practically speaking, is it not this? Did he not forget the goodness and blessings 
of his father? Did he not just pass over how good his father has been? There's not an adult in this room who once you left home, it took about a week. And the light came on. Boy, I had it good at home. Man, I didn't, man, mom did this. Mom and dad, they paid my bills. Mom washed my socks, cooked meals, cleaned up after me. And all those things that you didn't realize were blessings and the goodness of your parents and you took for granted and were unthankful. You got thankful in a hurry. Didn't take long, did it? What happened before even Adam ate this forbidden fruit? Did they not just in their minds forget the goodness and blessings of their heavenly father? It happened to the children of Israel. They forgot his blessings just like he warned them. They forgot their deliverance from Egypt. As a result, uh, not only did those die in the wilderness before the promised land, after they entered the promised land, time and again, they forgot his blessings and they forgot who he was and what he did for them. And they served and, and just as he warned, they, uh, as he, they served and worshiped and walked after other gods. And everyone in this room has done the same. As someone mentioned their testimony, I'm glad God gives us second chances because we've all been there. We forgot his goodness. We forgot his blessings. And it just inevitably leads to disobedience. Oh, I know God's good, but what I really need is that. I know God's good, but boy, I need to live my own life and go my own way. I know God's good, but I want to do my own thing. I know God's good, but I want to be my own boss. I know God's good, but I want to have what other people have. Don't forget him. Don't forget his goodness. Don't forget his blessings because forgetting him and disobedience isn't far behind. Well, thankfulness means just remembering him. It means remembering God, like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln encouraged us to do, to just remember his blessings and his goodness and, and who he is and all the things he's done for you. And as a believer, of course, I would hope we would always be thankful, always just live with conscious thankfulness. God, thank you for everything. Amen. If we don't. Leads to entitlement, disillusionment, disobedience. So I encourage you tomorrow, and I know you will. We call it Thanksgiving. You'll be thankful. But every day after that, be thankful. Let me close with this psalm. To the end, that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Let's pray. Maybe God's spoken to you in some way. You want to respond to him just in thankfulness, just where you're there, where you're sitting, just to have a thankful heart. God, for everything you've done for me. Thankful. Heavenly Father, I, I, I do thank you for 
everything you do for us. We take so many things for granted. And no doubt many times we're not thankful. Not as thankful as we should be. And we forget. We forget your goodness. And and then that leads to being disobedient. Going our own way. Thank you for reminding us. Help us to be a thankful people. Not just tomorrow. Although that's a great day to be thankful. As we sit down with family and friends. But every day. Help us to remember all you do for us. As we have time of invitation, Lord, I pray, if you spoke into hearts that people would respond in Jesus' name.